Revelation 7. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, and they were restraining the four winds so that no wind would blow on the land, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east who had the seal of the living God. He shouted out with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to damage earth and sea, saying, Do not damage the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have marked the loving servants of our God with a seal on their foreheads. And I discovered the number of those who were sealed. It was 144,000 sealed out of every tribe of Israel's people. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Judah. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Gad. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Asher. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Naphtali. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Manasseh. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Simeon. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Levi. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Ishkar. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Zebulon. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Joseph. 12,000 were sealed from the tribe of Benjamin. After this I looked, and behold, right in front of me I saw a vast multitude of people, an enormous multitude so huge that no one could count, made up of victorious ones from every nation, tribe, people group, and language. They were all in glistening white robes, standing before the throne and before the Lamb with palm branches in their hands. And they shouted out with a passionate voice, Salvation belongs to our God, seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing in a circle around the throne with the elders and the four living creatures, and they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, praise and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor, power, and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these in glistening white robes, and where have they come from? I answered, My Lord, you must know. Then he said to me, They are ones who have had have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, and have emerged from the midst of great pressure and ordeal. For this reason they are before the throne of God, ministering to him as priests day and night within his cloud-filled sanctuary, and the enthroned one spreads over them his tabernacle shelter. Their souls will be completely satisfied, and neither the sun nor any scorching heat will affect them. For the Lamb at the center of the throne continuously shepherds them unto life, guiding them to the everlasting fountains of the water of life, and God will wipe from their eyes every last tear. It's quite a mouthful. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh a lot speaking there. out all the tribes in a row mm-hmm. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of 12,000s mm-hmm. this is the uh, that the Jehovah's Witness favorite chapter mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. the 144,000 yeah so like that's what I'm thinking when I'm reading this is like this right. thought that there's only 144,000 that are supposedly gonna make it yet if you read past that, right. it says Multitudes. plainly that there's a multitude of people that 
there were too many to even count that came after them. Yeah. So the 144,000 to me, like, a lot of people interpret that as like, well, 144,000 is just like a big number. It means there's just going to be a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. But also 144,000 is a very specific number to to just to be, for it to just be like, just some large number that they're right. that the th- that they're throwing that they out thought there. would be large, yeah. just a large, yeah. So the hundred forty-four thousand, I think, is a specific number of something for a reason. What like the twelve thousand from the twelve tribes? Yeah. Like what that? Represents. But what are the pe- what are the people right. from the twelve tribes? Right. What does that represent? Yeah. yeah, that's that's gonna be a really cool part because it's a yeah the way the meaning for each name there's a progression and it's a really uh, positive nice. cool progression for what each name means. Oh. Well, I wanted to address the that number. What they what they think it means. Uh, one it says for verse four, it says one hundred and forty-four thousand is twelve times twelve times a thousand. This speaks of completeness and represents God raising up sons and daughters who carry fully His image and likeness. So they just mainly just I guess the number represents completeness. Hmm. It says it's not. Oh, right, they're saying it's not meant to be a literal head count, but showing us who they are. It is the number of Christ multiplied and his sons and daughters coming into the likeness of the Son. I just find that really hard to believe. That's yeah. like such a specific Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Like, it's large, like 144,000. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just say 150? Yeah. Like, or 100 plus. <laughs> if, if, if you're a pastor at a mega church and you're looking out from the stage at a multitude of people, right. and you're just like guesstimating how many people. Like, you're not going to be like, hmm, looks like oh, 144,000. <laughs> you're going to yeah. be like, eh, it's probably somewhere between 140 that, and 150. That mm-hmm. begs the question of why is it 12,000 for each tribe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I does, wonder what, does anybody like, what know does what signify? the number 12 represents? Well, what, what did that just say, Brad? Oh, did, 12. 12, I just, 12 times 1,000. Yeah, it just said like 12 times 12 times 1,000. And just saying about it representing completeness and God raising up sons and daughters who carry His image. I it's, I don't know what number twelve by itself necessarily means because I think to me that the twelve thousand might even be more important than the hundred forty four. Yeah, maybe because that specific number from each of the twelve from tribes. Each specific tribe. But like. that's my guess. <laughs> I don't know. Probably way off, but. Does anybody happen to know what that means? Offhand, yeah. I know, like, like seven is is perfection or like yeah. completion, and then eight is new beginnings. And those are usually the only two I can remember. Yeah, I can never remember any of them. Too, <laughs> that's only because Greg's brought that up a few times. Otherwise, I, yeah. It's a symbol of faith, the church, and divine rule. Hmm. Well, maybe they took the top 12,000 people from every tribe and said, all right, there you go. 12 sons of Jacob, hmm. and those 12 sons were in the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. The New Testament tells us Jesus has 12 apostles. Hmm. It's just, it's... It says that the number 12 is used in Revelation 22 times. Hmm. And... It is a number of completeness. Symbolizes God's power and authority. 
as well as serving as a perfect governmental foundation. Hmm. Okay. New Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven, has 12 gates made of pearls, which are manned by 12 angels. Each gate has been named after one of the 12 tribes. Hmm. Something, but yeah, something about that 12 is so, important. <clears throat> so what I found is it says that 12 is God's chosen number. Hmm. The number 12 is, is a significant commonly used number in the Bible. The sum of the digits in the number 12 equals 3. 1 plus 2 oh. is 3. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. the number 12 is a special use of the number 3. The number 3 symbolizes acts of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in the Bible, there are the 12 tribes, the 12 judges, the 12 disciples, etc. The number 12, therefore, represents a specific act of God choosing his following from among the masses. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. And that would make sense in this context. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That would make sense. Also. But why don't they just come out and say it? Like, why do they have to say they want us to 144? Like <laughs> Thank goodness for the interwebs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there are 12 precious stones that will be used as a foundation of the New Jerusalem. It says that in Revelation 21. Mm. The wall of the city had 12 foundations with the 12 names of the apostles on each one. Mm. And then... This has nothing to do with that, but it says the walls of the New Jerusalem are measured at 144 cubics high, which is 12 multiplied. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, yeah. <laughs> so it's something about 12, for mm-hmm. sure. Some kind of importance. If we look on a clock, it only goes up to 12. Don't see number 13. Yeah, you only think about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who there would be an even be way off on that. <laughs> yeah. Unless you do another two times, then it's Yeah, I know, what you, I know what you mean. Like, like there can be that symbolic thing, but there makes you wonder what the like the literal mm-hmm. will be too. So. The woman who suffered from the issue of bleeding. What was, was it? A, 12 that years? Was a 12 year. 12 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. Of your whatever you call issue. it issue. Issue. Mm. This says Jesus' very first words were spoken at the age of twelve. Yeah, that's what mine said. Ah. Mm-hmm. His first words or his first oh. like his like, first like message. Word. Yeah, probably like word. message. Message. Yeah, it was probably when he was in the synagogue teaching the, mm-hmm. the priest. Uh, yeah. My Brandon says Jesus was twelve years old when he revealed how special he was. From Luke 2, um, it says, When Jesus was 12 years old, he accompanied his parents to Jerusalem for the mm-hmm. annual Passover festival, which they attended each year. Three days later, they finally discovered him. Hmm. What was that one movie? We talked yeah. about that, the, Psalm of, the Psalms of the Scent Bible study I did. Went to see with Brian and Susan. Oh, that, that one when Jesus was a kid. We saw was it last or no two like two years ago. Or they went to the festival and the kid the the kid that was playing Jesus kind of turned things upside down, challenging. He was twelve, I think. Yeah, but that, that Jesus movie. actually did that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking about that movie. Yeah. Like that's a a little bit of a resemblance to me from what we. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twelve minor prophets in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Twelve historical books in the Bible. So twelve is important. Mm-hmm. 
Last Sunday, I only had $12 in my pocket. This is oh, true. Yeah, you know, <laughs> $12 on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, there's a number 12 again. It's like it was meant to be. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I know I mentioned this last week. I'm moving along from the 12 tribes. Well, is it not the Lord of the Rings? Uh, yes. <laughs> it was again, again, I got that picture when it's like the enormous multitudes that nobody can make up. I uh-huh. like get that picture again. With the orcs. With the orcs. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They're being like 10 billion <laughs> I see, yeah, I see what you mean, dudes. Like, because you couldn't count. I don't know why I picture that. Every time I hear, like, because they're going, they were like getting ready to go to battle. I, like, I think that's why I picture it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Like, backing up a little bit because yeah, yeah. I kind of skipped forward a little bit but the the first couple verses there where it's talking mm-hmm. about the four mm-hmm. angels standing at the four corners of the earth and they're restraining the four winds so that no one can blow on the land sea or on any tree mm-hmm. like I got and I don't know if I'm right on this I don't know if you have any notes on it mm-hmm. but to me when I think of wind I think of the Holy Spirit yeah. it's yeah. almost as if they're blocking there's like a block, like the Holy Spirit's being blocked from from the earth almost. Mm. And I don't know if that's what that's talking about. Yeah. Well, then, you know, like a tree in prophecy terms are people. Usually like the righteous oaks. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is this like the Holy Spirit being withheld from the earth? But yet it says... Uh, and then I saw another angel ascending from the east who had the seal of the living God. He shouted out with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to damage the earth, saying, Do not damage the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have marked the loving servants of our God with the seal on their foreheads. Hmm. So it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit's been removed from the earth, but yet there's still like these, these angels that are standing guard over God's people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just the picture I saw. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't know if that's correct. But. And that, that what you said makes sense. They they were thinking, uh, they're saying about the the wind the wind actually representing judgment, which is interesting. Another yeah. another interesting perspective. They're saying about after the sixth seal was broken, judgment is temporarily held back by these four angels of mercy. What do I mean? They said the number. So that's a different yeah, the number Spin. four rep- represents uh, universality or the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. The winds just speak of divine agents that bring either blessing or judgment. They said the trees, and this is something I never would have thought of too, because we normally think it would be in humans, says the trees may point to what is deeply rooted within our souls. Mm. Good or bad, I guess. Mm. That's a different perspective too. Yeah. <laughs> look at a family tree. It has to be rooted somehow. Yeah. You ain't born overnight. Just and also, by the blink of an eye. also said too, like when the angel coming from the east is said about, um, or the sun rising. It says the east is often associated with blessings in the place from which God appears. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so much to think about. I like the um, the seal on the forehead thing. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of uh, someone who's been tattooed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I think about the seal on the forehead, 
this like oh, 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 oh. like this whole seal of approval <laughs> yeah not quite not quite oh, oh, oh. they're saying they're saying about that too and that's not hard to think about of course the seal being the mind of christ and uh before it goes on the forehead or thoughts until we have until we have the mind of christ we are incapable of discerning properly Partaking of Christ's mind empowers us to be righteous judges. Hmm. Righteous kings and righteous priests. This seal is more than a seal of protection from the coming judgments, but a seal that qualifies them to bring the righteous uh, judgments of God to the earth. This is the nature of God being written upon the foreheads and minds of his holy ones. There's a lot of good stuff in Revelation 8, chapter 8, not verse 8. Not that I'm looking there. <laughs> so you said you have some uh, stuff on what those you 12 crabs are. Yeah. <laughs> this will yeah. be yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Should I get a bowl of popcorn? You might. You might need it. <laughs> you brought some. might need it. <laughs> it's interesting because they said at the end at the end of verse 4 talking about okay I see what I've every tribe of Israel's people it said Israel's people are those who have wrestled with their nature and have been given a new name a new nature and have become princes with God the names of the 12 tribes of princes with God speak of the virtues of their names just as the 12 tribes were not birthed at the same time so they became a picture of our progression and spiritual life from one tribe to another or from glory to glory. Mm. Kind of, it reminds me of that David Asher thing. Yeah, dudes. This one leads to this one, leads to this <laughs> one, leads to this one. It's like, thing. you do not immediately jump from beginning to the end. I forget mm. how he says it, but it's yeah. really cool how you put that out there. Okay, we'll go with the first one, which is Judah. And it says, Judah means praise. And every list of the twelve tribes, Reuben, the firstborn, is always listed first, but not here. Judah is listed first not because he was the firstborn, but because he was the tribal head of King David and King Jesus. The line of the tribe of Judah. Israel begins with the spiritual, not the natural, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Judah is the spiritual head of Israel and points to Christ, the true firstborn of creation and the firstborn of many brothers. As we are sealed into the tribe of Judah, we are given the revelation of our sonship in him. Judah, yeah, Judah. Judah is praise. And then Reuben is second. It says, Reuben means behold a son. Once we have been, once we have seen Judah's lion as heaven's firstborn son, we move to beholding that son living in us and being fully formed in us. Gad means this one's a little bit harder to understand because of what it translates to. It's Gad means literally means a troop, a I guess, what? or an army, a troop, a like troop? a troop or an army or something okay. along those lines. It says Jacob gave his son Gad this prophecy, and it said literally, I guess, from the Hebrew, it says a troop will troop upon him, but he will troop on their heels and overcome the troop at last. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. A lot of troops. 
Yeah. And so that's the literal Hebrew of Gen- uh, Genesis 49:19. Yeah, can you speak English? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll read it again real quick. It says, A troop will troop upon him, but he will troop on their heels and overcome the troop at last. <laughs> Pull out a troop and go. Yeah. Gad symbolizes the beginning of the victorious life of an overcomer breaking forth. Throughout Israel's history, the Gadites were tremendous, tre- tremendous warriors. Hmm. Asher means happy. The kingdom of God is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Our journey into becoming overcomers takes us on a path of endless bliss. A joy unspeakable and full of glory becomes our strength and our soul. And Nap, this is always one of the ones that's hard to pronounce. Nap, Naphtali <laughs> means wrestling. This points to the struggle of warfare between flesh and spirit, between living in the natural realm and in the sonship realm of the spirit. Manasseh means causing me to forget. There is a realm of grace where we forget the pain of our struggles and betrayals and enter into the vibrant, victorious life of Christ. We can then say like Manasseh's father Joseph, others meant to harm me, but God meant to bless me and bring good out of all I've gone through. That one hit me. I like that. I like it. <laughs> Whew. Then is it Simon or is it like Simeon? Simeon. 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 Okay. Simeon means a hearing ear or one who hears. Our ears are to be pierced open continually to hear the voice of our shepherd, shepherd Jesus. And Levi, this one's really good too. It means joined to the Lord or union. Because of Levi's zeal for the Lord when he refused to worship the golden calf after Israel's deliverance from Exodus, God rewarded the tribe of Levi by calling them to be his priests so that they would be joined to God and find God alone as their inheritance. Today, there are those who realize they are the bride of Christ and are determined to live in union with him, joined to his heart. Issachar means reward or compensation. Every obedient son and daughter of God will be rewarded with an indescribable inheritance full of blessings. Now Zebulun means dwelling or habitation. As we pass through these 12 stages of our sonship, we will become a Zebulun people, his habitation. We don't just receive things from God, we become his dwelling place, his holy of holies on the earth. Joseph means may he add another. As Rachel gave birth to Joseph, ending her season of barrenness, she exclaimed, May he, God, add another son. Although she rejoiced in having a son, she longed for another one. In the same way, God has chosen through Christ to bring many sons to glory, for Jesus is the firstborn among many. And the last one, Benjamin, means son of my right hand. The cry of Rachel for another son was answered with the birth of Benjamin. As she died in childbirth, her last act was to name her son Benomi, or son of my sorrow. But Jacob renamed the boy Benjamin, son of my right hand. Through the travail of our difficulties, a true son of God's right hand will come forth. 
We are now a right-hand people, given the privilege of sitting enthroned with Christ at the right hand of God. That's cool. So, can you do me a favor and read down through what each of them mean again to hear the progression? Just the, just the, the just like, quotes thing? Yeah, yeah, I can do that real quick. Because it's a lot you know I mean? of information. Like just yeah. the one or two word yep. yeah. like definition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Judah means praise. Reuben means behold a son. Gad means a troop or army. Asher means happy. Nefalti means wrestling. Manasseh means causing me to forget. Simeon means a hearing ear or one who hears. Levi means join to the Lord or union. Issachar means reward or compensation. Zebulun means dwelling or habitation. Joseph means may he add another. And Benjamin means son of my right hand. We could just spend, That's a, long, cool. <laughs> we could just spend a long time just delving yeah. into all of those. And, cool. and the thing is, it's not the best part. Because there's, there's a one other part that talks about one of the tribes that wasn't included and why. And this is the part that makes me like want to rejoice. Because it says, it goes on talking about how Benjamin was added. And it says, In Benjamin we find the completion of our journey into the fullness of our inheritance in Christ. At God's right hand are a Benjamin company, mature in the fullness of Christ. The above list of the twelve tribes is unlike other lists, showing it to be a symbolic list of God's people who are brought into the fullness of Christ. The tribe of Ephraim... Is Ephraim is often listed among the tribes of Israel but is missing in this list because of their rebellion. Now this is the important part. The tribe of Dan is not listed due to its rebellion and idolatry. And guess what Dan represents? What? Hmm. Dan means judge. Judgment is missing from the list for hmm. Dan is not found among them. Ooh. Hmm. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Interesting. And it says, also Dan was removed, Levi was added. The tribe of Levi, although not given an allotment with the other tribes, because of their free priestly calling, is listed here because of their faithfulness to serve God. Mm. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did that, not me. <laughs> That's really cool. And that's probably... <clears throat> could that be the... What... That multitude of people is that... Is being described here in the very end? Yeah, I that, that tribe that wasn't listed there. Hmm. Maybe. Oh, could be. Because they said they're the ones who have washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb and have emerged from the midst of a great pressure and ordeal. Hmm. Almost as if they were the ones who like changed their direction and like became did the opposite of what the tribe of Dan didn't do. Hmm. Maybe. That's that. Uh, that's a good question. 
Uh, you mean like the, the tribe of Ephraim, you think? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cause they don't really say a whole lot. They say more about Dan than they do about Ephraim. So that's, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Because <laughs> hmm. it doesn't come, I guess well, as always, it doesn't come right out and say that. So it's like... Uh, hmm. I think like like talking about having their robes washed I th- I think in a broader sense that can just apply to like to everybody though too right. you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean because right. cause to me that's you know the robes are washed in, in the blood because we all need our robes yeah. washed and we all you know what I mean I wasn't thinking which, which is fine, yeah. I wasn't thinking Ephraim because it yeah. says Ephraim is often listed among the tribes of Israel, but but is missing in this list mm-hmm. because of their rebellion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's not that's not what I was okay. yeah. meaning there. Hmm. Um, maybe I'm, I was thinking of Levi. Of Levi, because okay. he, Levi was added in place of mm-hmm. Dan. Okay, yeah, that would make more sense hmm. because of their their faithfulness to serve God. Mm-hmm. I'm just astounded at how many 90s worship songs came out of all these vers- all these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> like, Salvation Belongs to Our God. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. And like, the wisdom and honor and power. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, what do we think that uh, verses 13 and 14 like, I, I guess I'm wondering why these were included because mm-hmm. it says, Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? Where do they come from? And I answered, Sir, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he answered, Then he said, You know, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them into white in, blood, in the blood of the Lamb. So, like, why is this in there where he's posing the question, but a rhetorical question. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oh, sir, you know. <laughs> you know who they are. The kind of... Like... Yeah. Why did he not just come out and say... These and, are... And then we saw these in white robes. Do you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who came out of the tribulation. Da, 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 da. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of, of that. It's a little bit different because who what prophet was it that he, about the dry bones... Ezekiel, because he asked them that question, and Ezekiel was like, "Only you know if these people can be revived." And it's it's just weird how he asked just ask questions like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're reading it a lot differently than how I'm like how I'm it. reading it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it says, "Then one of the elders asked me, and me being John, John. I guess, mm-hmm. okay, why one of the, <coughs> why one of the elders." From the throne is asking Asking John's question is strange, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and I thought that as well. Who are these in glistening white robes and where have they come from? And then fourteen, it says, "I answered, my Lord, you must know." Almost like, am I? From the way I'm reading it, it's like John's turning to Jesus and saying, "My Lord, you must know." But it's lowercase L. It's true. Which Uh-oh. is not <laughs> translation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have the NIV. Lowercase right. L is not Lord. It's like a lesser Lord. My King. Like my my, yeah, like medieval times, like mm. my Lord. <laughs> so I guess he is. He's responding so, back to the elder. To the elder yeah. I, that's 
in my I just if he's yeah because so yeah, I read it wrong yeah because you think you think they were using uppercase yeah right if he was speaking you know. to the Lord he would be using I didn't uppercase even, I didn't even notice that hmm. I don't know I just thought it was interesting yeah it does almost kind of seem out of place like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah be, yeah it it is. And then, and then he ends up answering the question. Yeah. Like very detailed. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I was like. Yeah, that is, that is strange. Maybe it was a trick question to see if he actually knew what was going on. Maybe. This is a stretch, right? <laughs> this, is, this is a stretch. But in the very beginning, you know, we learn that he's not having a vision. He's actually transported mm-hmm. to this. So maybe because they are engaging in conversation with him, it's his way of solidifying the whole that he's actually there. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, he's yeah. not just picturing it and and having this he's observation. Exactly, yeah. He's like engaging and interacting yeah. with some an elder that's just solidifying the fact that he is present in that. Mm-hmm. In right. that. that could be part of it. Yeah. Otherwise, it just would be observation, <laughs> right? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a stretch, but I yeah. don't know. It's interesting too. Uh, talking about the great pressure and ordeal in that verse, and they're they're going back to the the word tribulation, of course, mm-hmm. and it says the great or major oppression, persecution, or tribulation. Each of the white robe saints had to pass through tribulation it says this uh, this phrase great tribulation occurs twice in the book of revelation and refers only to believers of course never to the world it is the true followers of the lamb who pass through this tribulation this now they're going to the latin for this which is an interesting uh, description it says latin word tri- tribulum in between a hollowed out rock that was used to separate wheat or other grains from the chaff. Mm-hmm. It says we must pass through the tribulum or tribulation to enter into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just like in verse 15 how it says the enthroned one spreads over them his tabernacle shelter. Yeah. That was cool. Like that visual, visual like a like an eagle. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Like, like with wings that span Mm -hmm. all across. And it's like protection forever. Uh Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. The throne one leans over them, Mm -hmm. and their souls Mm -hmm. will be completely satisfied. Mm -hmm. I know. Like I'm thinking. (laughs) I heard uh, I thought of you this yesterday Melly I heard I think it's Mercy Me's uh, homesick yeah (laughs) I just thought of you (laughs) (laughs) what's that song is that newer uh I don't know is it newer I don't know I don't think I mean I don't I don't know too junior but it's all about Getting home. Getting home. <laughs> Can't wait. Like Temporary Home by Carrie Underwood. Yes. Well, yeah, that's a good song, too. Country song. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good song, too. 
has abandoned cheeks and said no and tells me to get out. <laughs> And I verse seventeen too is I don't know like just thinking for the lamb at the center of the throne continuously shepherds them unto life, guiding mm-hmm. them to the everlasting fountains of the water of life. It's just a cool, another cool visual. And you think of it's saying the lamb and not the lion. Mm-hmm. Saying that so it's a gentle. It's the guiding. gentle guiding to the. And shepherding. Until, I don't know. I just it's, this chapter has it's such great visual. Visual. There was a visuals. little B in parentheses. I clicked on it. Said Isaiah forty nine ten, whatever that is. It's a reference to show you kind of where it's referenced. It's interesting to. It's uh, talking about the, the, the scorching heat mm-hmm. and the sun not affecting them. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they're, think, they're saying, too, about the scorching heat being a figure of speech representing demonic pow- power. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. The heat? Apparently. <laughs> which, I, which I'm not Maybe it's hell. really sure about. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe. That's why they're tired of looking at the sun. <laughs> Isaiah 49.10, Bob. Yeah. Says they will neither hunger nor thirst, nor the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. Mm-hmm. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what basically it says. Basically, what yeah. it's saying the everlasting fountains. Yeah. And the last thing I got out of this chapter, too, was talking about the tears. And it says the Greek word for anoint is, uh, is to wipe or smear. Uh, it is possible to translate he will re- anoint every tear shed from their eyes mm. 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 that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. okay. that's good stuff yeah that's a good another good chapter anything else from anybody